0: Before I share this morning, let's just take a moment to bow in prayer. Father, we invite your presence. And we ask, Lord, that as we open your word, you would speak to us. Through your word, through your spirit. Father, that you would open our ears and our hearts. You would give us understanding. That you would encourage us and strengthen us. And enable us, Lord, to bring glory and honor and praise to your holy name. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to begin this morning by saying that all of us struggle. All of us struggle with the idea that we have the same power, the same spirit that the Lord Jesus Christ had. Do we struggle with that? Because I know in my life, I don't feel like the Lord Jesus Christ. What I saw in the Lord Jesus Christ as I read scripture is I see Jesus with a great amount of power with a great amount of confidence, doing all kinds of things that I don't do. And I say to myself, if I have the same spirit as the Lord Jesus Christ, I've got a problem. Because I don't act the same way as he does. I'm not as powerful, I'm not as, as, as uh, effective as the Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said this, the spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, will take from what is mine and make it known to you. In other words, what Jesus was saying is the very th- same spirit that is in me is going to come and live in you. And Jesus said in another place, you are going to accomplish more things than I have accomplished. How many of us have accomplished more than Jesus? Is there a problem? There is a problem. We struggle with this whole idea. I love uh, uh, the comic strip, Peanuts. Charles Schultz, I I believe is what his name was, that wrote uh, and drew all of these uh, comics. Uh, In my understanding, he was a wonderful Christian. But he brings things to real life. And in this one comic strip, Charlie Brown is up to bat. The ball is thrown. And the next thing you know, strike three, he's out. Having struck out again, he slumps over the bench and he says, Rats, I'll never be a big league player. I just don't have it. All my life, I've dreamed of playing in the big leagues, but I know I'll never make it. Lucy says, Charlie Brown, you're thinking too far ahead. What you need to do is set more immediate goals. Looking at Lucy, he responds questioningly, immediate goals? Lucy replies, yeah, start with the next inning. When you go out to pitch, see if you can walk to the mount without falling down. (laughs) Does it sound a little bit like us? In this strip, comic strip Charlie Brown is sort of seen as the Christian and Lucy is seen as the world the world that is around us and of course Charlie Brown is very discouraged by what Lucy says in our own lives that's really what happens as Christians is we come out of church all excited and then we get a comment like Lucy's and it puts us right back where we started our faith our hope quenched, smothered so easily. We feel like we have very little left. We walk into our homes, into our various places, powerless, without the Spirit of God working through us. And then we cry out, don't we? God, I want to do something. I want to make a change. I want to, I want to have something happen that, that, that brings glory and honor to you. I want to see someone come to the place of salvation. I want to see my life effective for you. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. This is the passage that I want to focus on this morning. I want to read it from the King James Version because I believe it says it best. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This passage is engraved on an eagle that I received when I graduated from Bible college. 21 years ago. And it has been sitting on one of my bookshelves for 21 years as a reminder. As a reminder. It's a reminder that I'm going to mess up. It's a reminder that I'm going to wear out, that I'm going to fail. It's a reminder that God can take care of all of that. It's a reminder that God's strength will carry me. See, so often I try to do things on my own. And I always fail. But I know, even as Sherry shared this morning, it wasn't her that did the work. It was God that did the work. If we try, we fail. If God through His Spirit works, it works. It simply works. All of us come to the point where we feel that we're accomplishing nothing. We feel spent both individually and we come to a place as a church where we feel we're not effective anymore. We're not making a difference in our community. We're not making a difference in the family and friends and people around us at work. We're not touching their lives the way that we ought to. But here in the scripture it says, They that wait upon the Lord shall run and not be weary. I go back in scripture and I find that Noah, Noah waited for the promise of God. It says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 23, My spirit will not contend with man forever, for he is mortal. His days will be 120 years. By faith, Noah spent the next 120 years building an ark. I don't know if it ever rained before the flood, but that's faith. 120 years building an ark. And trusting that God is going to send the floods and the rains. Abraham waited for God's promise to make him into a great nation. Genesis chapter 12 verse 2 says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. Wow, what a promise that is of God. To Abraham. And we know, probably know Abraham's story. There were times of discouragement. Times when he doubted. But Abraham obeyed. When God told him this, he left his family. He left his people, his nation. And he went to a place where God was showing him. And there, through Isaac and Jacob, a new nation was born. Joseph, waited for his dreams to be realized. If we remember the stories of Joseph, how he had these dreams, which he shared with his father and his brothers, it didn't go well for him. There's no way they were going to be subject to him. Well, next thing we know is Joseph was thrown into a cistern. Then he was sold as a slave. Then we find that he was wrongly accused in Potiphar's house and put into a prison for many years and forgotten until Pharaoh had a dream. Then he was brought out of the prison to explain the dreams. And the dream that Joseph had came to pass. I don't know how many years had taken place in that time, but it would have been a time of discouragement Yet, Joseph trusted. He waited and trusted. In the New Testament, after Jesus' ascension, the early church waited with expectation. Jesus says, go to Jerusalem and wait. So they got together. They met together day after day, waiting for the expected Holy Spirit that Jesus had promised. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. They hadn't given up. They were expecting something to happen. And then the fulfillment. Verse 4, chapter 2. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All the saints that have went before us have patiently waited in faith, trusting, trusting for Jesus' return. And I believe every saint who waited has seen Jesus. Jesus has come to each one of them. I know that as a fact. We had a lady back in one of our churches who had fallen away from the Lord for many years, accepted the Lord as a child. As she grew older, she was 50 years old, she came to us and said, I have lung cancer, and I'm not expected to live long. And she said, I've rejected the Lord. Is it possible for me to come back? We said, yes, yes, it's very possible. All you have to do is ask, and Jesus will forgive. She accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And some months later, when her father was at her bedside, in the last moment, he told us, she sat up in bed, she reached out her arms, and she said, Jesus, Jesus, I see Jesus and she reached for him, laid back, and passed away. She met Jesus, Jesus came to her. All the faithful we find in scripture knew and trusted in the promises of God. Each of them rested on the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of them relied upon God's love knowing that they would receive what has been promised. And you know what? If they could be here today, they would say, everything we've gone through is worth it. Doesn't matter what we've gone through, it was worth the wait. It was worth trusting. Here's what God has promised you and I All of us, individually and as a church. First, if you wait upon the Lord, you will have inflowing strength. If you wait upon the Lord, you will have inflowing strength. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 says, but they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. This isn't about the physical strength we have. This is about what's inside of us. That's what's, what it's all about. It's what's in here. The people in Isaiah's day were in captivity. And they needed this inflowing strength. Because they were about to give up. They needed it. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 God commands us as Christians to be strong. He says, be strong in the Lord and mighty in his power. That's a command. Be strong in the Lord. How many of us are strong? I may have some faith, but boy, I don't think I'm, I don't think, I don't see myself as this great warrior. But it's the Lord's command for us to be strong and mighty in his power. A group of ladies in our church once sang a song with the words that go like this. The God on the mountain is still God in the valley. When things go wrong, he'll make them right. The God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the night. That's the God we serve. doesn't matter what the circumstance is. He is still God. He still wants you and I to be part of Him. He wants us to rely upon Him, no matter what happens. And as we look to Him, He gives us strength. We can't gain our own strength. We can't go about and do things and think, okay, now I'm going to do better. It's looking to Him. He's the one that gives it to us. God is the one that renews our strength, our passion, our desire. But one thing that we also do know is that Satan will come. Anytime that you have been revived in your faith, Satan is right there as well. And he's going to take the first opportunity he can to erase everything that you have experienced. He's going to try to take you down. He's going to tempt you. He's going to try all kinds of things so that they go wrong in your life. But remember the words of 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's when those times come that that's, that's the scripture passage we've got to rely on. Greater is he that is in us. Secondly, if you wait on the Lord, you will have Ascending strength. For verse 31 says, They shall mount up with wings as eagles. You see, life serves us all kinds of ups and downs, right? I mean, some of us are on a roller coaster. that's, That's the way my wife explains it, right? She is like this. And she says, I'm like this. Nevertheless, I am sure that my downs feel down as well and my ups feel up as well as hers. Hers are just more expressive. And here I'm going to come back to a, to a Peanuts uh, comic strip. And, and in this particular comic strip, Lucy was complaining about her lousy life. And Charlie Brown tries to peer, cheer her up and he says into each life some rain must fall. Well, that didn't help Lucy at all. And so he gives her another saying. He says, just remember, just remember, life has its mountains and its valleys, its ups and its downs. And Lucy quickly responds. She says, all I want is ups and ups and ups. Isn't that the way it is with us? (laughs) We We don't want to be down here. What we want is the ups. We always want to live up here. As newborn Christians, it's kind of interesting because when someone comes to faith, it's almost as though God's got his arms around them and he protects them. It's like a baby chick in an eagle's nest up on a high place, protected And of course, mama bird, she feeds and nurtures these chicks. Then comes a day when she says, it's time to fly. And she pushes them out of the nest. And you know where these nests are, right? They're way up there. These birds have to fly pretty quickly, learn how to fly pretty quickly. On their way down the mountain, they learn to fly. But once they learn to fly, they get to soar like eagles. I think God does that too. He protects us. Then he says, you know what? You're never going to learn a lesson until I push you out of the nest. You've got to have some hard times in order to grow, in order to become strong, in order to fly. There's a little story of a young lad that watched an eagle with a broken wing fluttering down into his barnyard. He chained and nurtured this little eagle. I don't know if he was little, but this eagle until he was healed. Then one day the eagle heard the mating cry of another eagle above, and he screamed and he stretched out his wings. The lad then released the eagle, and the eagle soared up into the sky, giving a scream of victory as he returned to the clouds where he belonged. That's what happens to us. God puts us through trials and and troubles and hardships. But once we've gone through that, we have victory. We can soar like eagles. Every victory that we have gives us greater confidence. Greater faith. John chapter 15, verse 19. Jesus says, if you belong to the world, the world would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world, that is why the world hates you. We live in a world that hates, not us, but Christianity. We live in a world that hates the Lord Jesus Christ. Our association with the Lord Jesus Christ is our trouble. We're facing some hardships. It's probably because of that. We need to recognize that we need strength. We need ascending strength. That strength doesn't come from the world. We can't get it there. We can't get it through the people that live here. We get it through God himself. We must seek it. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So when trouble comes, when hardship comes, and you want victory, you want to overcome, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Thirdly, if you wait upon the Lord, you will have outflowing strength. Isn't that a real struggle for most of us? This outflowing strength. We, we just find it's missing. We haven't got it. But verse 31, part of that verse says, they shall run and not be weary. They will have that outflowing strength. They can run. They will not get tired. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, let us not become weary of doing good. But for for at the proper time, we will reap the harvest if we do not give up. Most of us give up before we get started. Many years ago, as I was growing up as a kid, I loved to go to the Edmonton Oil King Games. Not the Oilers. The Oilers didn't exist back then. There was no pro hockey in Edmonton. The team that we had was the Oil Kings, a junior club. And I loved going to those games. And I remember going to one of these games. And in those days, the Edmonton Oil Kings were a pretty good club. But I remember in this one particular game, they were losing, and they were getting very frustrated. And and as the game was coming to a close, all kinds of fights broke out. Well, at the end of it all, they found themselves two men short. Five on three. They didn't give up. They dug in. They began to play their hearts out. And before the penalties were over, they had scored two goals and won the game. In fact, the Oilers often, Oil Kings often played better shorthanded than with a full set of players. It was, that was the time that, that they knew it really mattered. And I think it matters to us too. When we're shorthanded, we have to dig in. Sometimes we find ourselves facing these hardships. That's when we say, we've got to work harder. We've got to pray harder. We've got to rely on God a whole lot more than we do. It's not about looking to the person that's next to us and saying, can you help me? It's looking up, saying, I need your strength. It's at those times that we need to dig into God and not quit and rely on Him for strength and for renewal. Today, there's all kinds of people leaving the church. They're not leaving the Penticton Church of the Nazarene or the Pentecostal Church down the road or the Baptist Church. They're leaving a fellowship. They're leaving a family. It's not the building that's important. It's the people. They're leaving... The friendship, the relationship that they have been building with you, or trying to build, or the relationship that has been destroyed. They've become weary and discouraged because of situations or circumstances. And so the first thing they to do is they bail out. And I think as a church, we've failed. Because we failed to build those relationships. We failed to help people unite together as one. We let them go. There's lots of stories I could share. Oh, maybe I'll share this one. I, I worked with my cousin's husband in a body shop. And our relationship wasn't going so well. Not because I wasn't trying, but he had greater expectations than I could fill. There came a day when I said, that's it. I walked out in the middle of the day. I was in Leduc. I, lived in, I worked in Leduc. I lived in Edmonton. I didn't have a ride, so I said, I'm walking. He came after me. He pursued me. And even after I refused him, he called me a number of times, day after day. That's the kind of action that we need to have as Christians. Not to give up on the person that walks out, but to pursue them. Lastly, if you wait upon the Lord, you will have intensifying strength. You will have intensifying strength. The last line in verse 31 says, they shall walk and not faint. God will give you and I the strength that we need. If we call out to him and ask him, We will become stronger. We will become more passionate. We will have greater faith than we have ever had before if we rely upon Him. Because you see, it doesn't come from us. It comes from Him. If He gives it to us, we've got it. We definitely have it. If He doesn't give it to us, we don't got it. Another story. story is about construction of an overseas highway between the Miami and Key West, Florida. Now, I, I understand that happened a long time ago. But during the construction of this, of this highway, a storm destroyed much of the work that had been done. A supervisor in charge, he called the home office and he described the loss and he asked, What shall I do? the home office wired back to him just two words. Go on. Go on. Don't stop. Just go on. Keep working. And we know what happened. It's there, right? Yeah. If he hadn't gone on, it wouldn't be there. (laughs) Yes, he would have had to swim a lot. God is telling us the same thing. He's saying to us as individuals. He's saying to you. The Penticton Church of the Nazarene, God is saying to you, go on. Go on. Don't stop. Trust me. Open those wings and fly. Open those wings and fly. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15 and and throughout uh, much of the the chapter we read how Paul some of Paul's companions quit they just quit on him they had had enough but one thing we know is that Paul didn't quit he continued on he went on to the finish line And he got his reward. I believe God is saying to all of us here go on. There's a finish line. Don't quit, keep going. A man was hiking in a forest with a six year old son. And they came upon this rushing creek, just roaring. Knowing the danger, the dad said to the boy, Wait for me, and I'll get you across. Remarkably, the boy waited. Dad lifted lifted him on, yeah, remarkably. You know what kids do, right? I mean, we're kids too, right? This boy waited, dad lifted him on his shoulders, and they waited across the creek. On the other side, the boy said, Dad, if if I didn't wait for you, I wouldn't have made it across. I think that's a message to us. God is our dad. He's going to get us across. We need to wait for him. So this morning, I want you to be encouraged because God's got a plan. He's got a plan for you as an individual. He's got a plan for the Penticton Church of the Nazarene. He has a plan. I know that there were many characters in the Bible where God had a plan. God had a plan for Abraham, but where did he go? Down to Egypt. And what was in Egypt? Trouble. So even though God has a plan, we can take troubled roads. The main thing for us is to try to stay on God's road. He will give us the strength. God is our hope. God is our present. God is our future. And he will take us in accordance to his plan. Wait upon the Lord. Pursue the Lord. And he will lift you up. He will lift us up. He will give us renewed strength. He will cause us to run. And he will cause us not to tire, not to become weary. It doesn't matter how old you are. I've seen a number of elderly folks who have a lot of energy. And I know it doesn't come from, from this world. Even at Gleaners, where I'm presently managing the store. We've got guys that are 85 years old and they're doing more than some of those that are 10, 20 years younger. They come with a heart, they come with a passion. They come doing whatever they can for the future. They come knowing that their work is going to make a difference in somebody else's life. They know that the person that they, with the work that they are doing is going to put food in that other person's belly. They're going to survive one more day. They come with a heart, they come with a passion, they come with a purpose. So I want to encourage you as a church come with a purpose come with a passion come to fulfill God's plan that he has for you come so that his name would be proclaimed and his name would receive all the glory, amen amen Father it's not my work here that can make any difference at all you're the one you're the one that needs to do all the work. You're the one that, that, that needs to work inside of our own hearts. You're the one that has to impassion us. We are the people who need to seek. We are the people that need to cry out. We are the need, people who need to, to lift up our eyes and depend upon you. And I know, Lord, that as we do, you're going to change us from the inside out. You're going to make us vessels that glorify and honor you. Not just in what we do. Not just in what we say. But in our actions. And they will speak. Thank you Lord for your plan. We entrust our our lives. We entrust this church into your hands. And we know that you are going to do a miraculous work. We pray in the name of Jesus, giving thanks. Amen.